if you want to compete, you just want to compete, then brand. But if you want to win, then transcend. Use the transcender system. What's up, branding experts? Arek here at Ibek Design, and welcome to On Branding Podcast. And today, my guest is Stan Bernard. And Stan is an internationally recognized, award-winning, global competition consultant. So Stan is the president of Bernard Associates, LLC, and the creator of the Transcender System. And Dr. Bernard is also a former senior fellow at the Wharton School of Business. And he had been a consultant to leading businesses around the world for nearly four decades, working with more than 150 companies across six continents. And Stan is also a keynote speaker and a published author. And so he authored the book, Brands Don't Win. And this is the book we are going to talk about today. Hello, Stan. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Thank you, Eric. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So uh, basically the premise of the book, from my understanding, is that certain successful companies use quite a different approach than, than regular companies, right? So basically you analyze bigger brands like Apple, Starbucks, or Peloton, and explain to us why is that they were able to change the game and, and they don't play the same game of brand differentiation like most companies do, right? But rather they, they play their own game and they're able to rise above the competition, which you compare a lot uh, to how politicians run their elections. Right. That's right. So, so these successful companies, you call them transcenders, and those regular ones, you call them traditionalists. Uh, so, I thought we could just start this podcast with explaining to our listeners this terminology, right? So, what yeah. is what does it mean, traditionalist versus transcenders? So, in the first pa- part of your book, you talk about things like you know, traditionalists use approach based on product selection. Yeah. versus transcenders use approach based on product election. Yeah. So I thought we could just start by, you know, with explaining some of those key differences. So what are some of the key differences uh, between those two approaches, traditionalist versus transcender approach? Yeah, great, great question and an excellent summary of the book. So it's a pleasure to be talking to you and your listeners. I think most everybody knows that uh, the vast majority of the companies in the world, no matter whether they're offering services, technologies, products, whatever it may be, they basically all play the same game, which is a branding game, okay? Effectively, companies try to create a brand and then differentiate the brand, usually with lots of advertising, promotions, sales reps, et cetera, right? And that game is actually an ancient game. Branding has been around in this format for over 3,000 years. I mean, the ancient Greeks used this in their marketplaces. They would basically put engravings, their engravings or their brand on pottery and other goods to differentiate their product versus another Greek artesian. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, that's been around for 3000 years and, and everybody pretty much plays that game. Okay. Well, there's some exceptions to that. And what I have found over the last four decades is that actually some of the most successful companies in the world do not play that traditionalist game of branding. They don't create a brand and then try to differentiate it with lots of advertising promotion. No, they actually play their own game. They create and play a game only they can win. Okay. So, for example, Starbucks. Everybody assumes that Starbucks wins with branding because everybody knows the Starbucks brand, right? We all know the logo. We know the coffee cups, et cetera. Well, in fact, Starbucks tried to win with branding, the traditionalist system, as I refer to it, that most everybody knows. 
um, for the first 16 years. First 16 years that Starbucks was around, they basically had the Starbucks brand name, logo, cups, and coffee. Okay. And they were only adding one store per year. Okay. So they were not winning at that point. In 1987, Charles Schultz buys the company and basically says, we're not going to play the brand game. We're going to create our own game. We are going to make Starbucks the third place. We're going to make Starbucks the third place. Three words between home and work in America. He changed the game. It wasn't about branding the coffee or differentiating the coffee. It was all about winning with the coffee shop. He basically then made sure that there was a Starbucks on one side of the highway on the way to work and directly on the other side of the highway on the way home from work. He made sure that Starbucks were in strategic locations, transportation hubs, corporate hubs, malls, et cetera. Okay. And he not only that, not only are they strategically located, but they were larger than any other stores because he did not want you to grab a cup of coffee like Dunkin' Donuts. He wanted you to grab a chair. Hang out. Stay with us at Starbucks. Listen to our nice music. See, our baristas are very welcoming. You'll have plenty of space. We'll make it a comfortable chair, even a couch, right? Right. When he did that, when he changed the game, that's what I refer to as changing the game or changing the agenda. And I'll talk about what I mean by a campaign agenda in a second. But he changed the game from the coffee to the coffee shop. And in so doing, over the next 20 years, Starbucks went from adding one store per year to adding 1,350 stores per year. That's almost four stores a day. Okay. Mm -hmm. They became the number one best-selling coffee shop in the world with over 31 shops across 80 countries. And many people don't even consider them to have the best coffee. Okay. Because he yeah. changed the game and he won by playing his own game. Three words. It's what I refer to as a campaign agenda. The mm -hmm. third place because Starbucks had tried to win with branding and it failed. Okay. Now let me explain what I mean by the agenda because Starbucks, Amazon, Peloton, and many of these companies, both large and small, no matter what types of products, technologies, or services they offer, they use a political playbook. Transcender companies rise above their competitors by using a political playbook, not a product playbook. So you, you asked that question. Let me explain it. Right. Traditionally, we, we lead with the brand. Right. Company basically says it's all about the brand. They put that force first. It's almost like it's the lead actor, the brand. In the transcender world, we don't lead with the brand. We actually lead with a campaign agenda and follow with the brand, very much like politicians. So, for instance, 2008, when President to be Obama is running for president of the United States, he basically had a one word campaign agenda change. Change, change, change. He could have led with vote Obama. He didn't. He led with change, 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 change. So if you believed in change in 2008, he, the brand, Obama, was the change candidate. So he led with his agenda, very much like politicians. They have a campaign agenda, and then they lead, lead with the agenda, follow with the brand. Trump, everybody knows, 2016. He could have said vote Trump. He could have said vote Trump, vote Trump, vote Trump. He didn't. He said, make America great again, make America great again, make America great again. He led with his campaign agenda and followed with the brand, which was Trump himself. OK, yeah. this is what the best companies in the world do. The leading companies from Google, Tesla, Apple, 
Amazon, as well as startup companies like C-Lip, smaller companies like Sweetgreen, Halo Top Ice Cream, et cetera. These companies have figured out that branding is not the only way to compete. In fact, it's not even the best way to compete. The best way to compete is to use the transcender system outlined in the book in three steps to basically create and play a game only you can win. Now, we are going to take a quick break here, but we'll be right back. Listen, my mission is to help people design iconic brands. So whether you're a business leader who wants to be more intentional with branding and all of its aspects, or you're a creative professional who wants to attract powerful clients and truly be able to help them succeed with branding, then you need to start with a discovery session in order to develop a strategy that will inform all of your creative work. And everything that you need to learn how to do that, you can find in my online courses at ebigdesign.com slash shop, where I share with you my worksheets, case studies, video tutorials, and other additional resources to help you feel safe and strong about your process. Now let's get back to our interview. Right. And, uh, and just for our listeners, uh, here is a great illustration of those differences. I'm sure you just focus on this. Okay. So... Some of my key uh, takeaways from this part was that traditionalist system is playing the game of differentiation, as you said. You know, regular companies, they put brand first and they take more of evolutionary approach, so small changes, and they present kind of a military campaign style when they push their communication and they rely on four Ps that, you know, that are well-known in marketing world. And the goal is to sell the product, right? Versus a transcender system, as you just described, you lead with the agenda. And then the brand follows and it's more of a revolutionary approach and you compare it to, it's more of a, like an election campaign, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, here you develop these four A's, which we're going to talk about in a second, but the goal would be to, you know, to have transcendent experience versus just sell yeah. uh, a product, right? I think, yeah. I think that's a really important one, Eric, is that in the traditionalist brand system, it was all about selling customers. In the Transcender world, we're not trying to sell. We're trying to inspire. Okay? Mm-hmm. We want to inspire people with a transcendent type of experience as opposed to sell them on our products, features, and benefits. Okay, mm-hmm. This is very much like politicians. People don't vote for politicians because of what they're selling. They vote for those politicians because they believe they can inspire them. They believe they can make their life or their experience better. Right. That's what these transcender companies do. That's what Apple's trying to do. That's what Tesla's trying to do. Okay. Right. Give you a transcendent experience by driving a Tesla type of car that will ultimately lead to sustainable energy. Right. So it's beyond uh, just the product, right? It's about right. something much, much bigger. Okay. So uh, since our listeners, uh, we haven't like an, you gave us a big picture overview of what's the difference. Now, I just wanted to spend uh, a few minutes talking about those three steps. As you just mentioned, there are three steps that you distinguish. So there are three steps to follow. First, you create the agenda, then you communicate the agenda, and then you champion the agenda, right? Yes. So let's spend a few minutes talking about each step. So starting with creating the agenda. So what's the process of creating an agenda? Mm -hmm. And perhaps you can give us some examples. Yes. Excellent. So there are three steps, as you said, in the Transcender system. The first, in order to change the game or play your game, is to create the agenda, okay? In the book, I say there's three different types of ways for creating an agenda. 
Okay. Perhaps the most common one is competitive categorization. Okay. So a company can either create a new category or they can own an existing category. So for instance, Seedlip is a small startup in the UK that basically created the first non-alcoholics distilled spirits. Okay. That was their agenda. Distilled non-alcoholic spirits. Okay. Because their founder, Ben Branson, basically had been trying to find a decent mocktail in a on a Saturday night in London, couldn't find it. He basically said, I have a background in farming. I also have an agency background, advertising agency background. I'm going to basically go and create this whole new category of non-alcoholic spirits. Seedlit mm-hmm. became not only the first, but the biggest in the world. They own 70% market share. And after only five years, they basically were bought by Diageo, okay, which is the world's biggest spirits maker. Uh, many people know them for Smirnoffs and Guinness and others. So, so they were extremely successful by playing their own game, creating their own category. Another company is Uber. Everybody knows Uber. Yeah. Most people assume Uber created ride sharing. Well, of course it didn't. Ride sharing actually started back in the 1600s when we actually had people in carriages and horses that were sharing the rides. But but they weren't even the first in the ride hailing business, the more modern use of an app to call a car. Actually, there were other companies, most notably Sidecar, that actually had the patent seven years before Uber even came into existence. So they were not the first. But Uber quickly realized the potential of the ride sharing category and basically owned it. Mm-hmm. They got the most funding. They had the most drivers. And ultimately, they had ultimately the best technology, the best financially supported company, and only ultimately owned it. So that's an example of competitive categorization. Mm-hmm. Another example is competitive creation. Okay, So I just actually talked about Starbucks. Starbucks totally created that concept of the third place. Nobody had yeah. ever heard of that. So that is an example of totally coming up with a new concept, which is the second way to create an agenda, competitive creation. The third way is competitive recreation. So a company that recreates an existing type of product. So everybody knows, for instance, Apple didn't create the cell phone, but they recreated the cell phone with the iPhone. Perhaps a better example even is with Peloton. Peloton basically tried to, and effectively, recreated the cycling fitness studio for the home. Their agenda was a world-class home cycling studio. That was their agenda. And they basically took the best parts, the cycling studio. So they took the bike and they made the bike better. They took the instructors and had better instructors, right? They took the convenience, put it in your home. So it was very convenient. And then they also took the social aspect. You could actually ride with others, race with others, et cetera, et cetera. So so they basically recreated the cycling studio fitness experience for the home. So that is called competitive recreation. So those are the three different ways that companies can do that to basically change the game. Right. Okay. So just some summary for our listeners. There are three ways in which you can create the agenda. First one would be competitive creation. So when you create a new space, so for example, iPod and iTunes, as an example from your book, they were different in the sense that they advertise iPod and iTunes as thousand songs in your pocket, which the you know, iPod, uh, like the iPod device. Yep. Right. And no one ever has done that before and r- really directly speaks to customers, right? Other competitors, they used to advertise 
in terms of, you know, like how many gigabytes, but it's not really understandable. So that's the difference. The second way to create an agenda is competitive recreation. So recreating an existing product, um, like you mentioned with iPhone, for example, they reinvented the cell phone industry and there were different, you know, different brands, so many different smartphones, but, uh, when they entered the market and iPhone was like nothing else people have seen before. And another example is Peloton, right? And the third way to create an agenda would be competitive categorization. So owning a new category, right? Like Uber. For example, like you just mentioned, they didn't invent the rights sharing category, but ultimately they were able to own it. And nowadays people even use it as a verb, right? Mm -hmm. Their brand name. So it's so powerful. Yes. So now let's spend some time talking about how to actually communicate that agenda. So once we figure out, you know, we can use some of those ways to create the agenda, So now then what we do once we have the agenda, how we can communicate the agenda. So what are some of the ways to communicate that to the outside world? And again, maybe you can give us some examples so we can all relate to that. Absolutely. So communicating the agenda, the second step in the training center system, I basically put in the book the four criteria for how to communicate an agenda. I use the acronym MOWA, M-O-W-A, M-O-W-A. It stands for memorable ownable, winnable, and alignable. So every agenda should be communicated first and foremost in a memorable way. Now, I go into the book in detail the fact that one of the most important things you can do in terms of making an agenda memorable is to make it short, simple, Mm -hmm. literally five words or less. And the reason that transgender companies as well as politicians use a campaign agenda that is five words or fewer it's because that's all we can remember. Yeah. It turns out we used to be able to remember as many as seven plus or minus two chunks of information or digits in our short-term memory. Over the last 20 years, because of our iPhone devices and other devices, we don't have to remember a lot of numbers. And as a result, we now have lost 43% of our short-term memory. So if you want people to remember your agenda and most importantly, repeat it to others, because that's really the goal of transcenders is not just for you to remember it, but for you to also repeat it to others, then it has to get in long-term memory. To get in long-term memory, it has to be five words or fewer, okay? Mm -hmm. Second, it needs to be distinct, okay? The third place is distinct, okay? Very unique, okay? So it has to be distinct. It also has to be easily repeated. So you repeat it over and over again, okay? Because that's what you want people doing. And it also has to be visual, okay? Because... So this is where branding supports the transcender system. It doesn't lead. It's not the lead actor. Branding is a supporting actor. So branding, such as logos and other graphics, right, mm-hmm. are very important for supporting the memory or the basically memorability of your agenda. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perhaps the best is Geico. Geico has a four-word agenda. 15 minutes, 15%. 15 minutes, 15%. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that 15 minutes can save you 15% of more on car insurance. Why do you know that? Because Geico has been telling us that exact same forward agenda now for 23 years, starting in 99. Okay. They basically said it and they broke every advertising rule. Okay. They, they basically have numerous different types of characters. Most companies only have one mascot or one character. They basically run multiple different types of commercials, different themes, everything from, you know, pigs to cavemen to celebrities, to the gecko, et cetera. So they didn't follow any of the rules. They broke all the rules of advertising and uh, traditional advertising. 
right? But they got us to remember four words, 15 minutes, 15%. They lead with that and then they follow with the brand name, which is Geico, okay? In fact, they just had a commercial in October of last year where the, the gecko basically explained how he came up with his four-word campaign agenda, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and of course, we all know it's so easy, a caveman can do it, right? So that's an example of memorable, ownable. I'd say, you know, in terms of owning Sweet Green, many people know of Sweet Green as a salad store, but basically Sweet Green really is all about doing one thing, and that's connecting people to real food. That is their five-word agenda, connecting people to real food. And they own it because they bet and check out the local farmers near their stores. And in some of the stores, they can literally trace electronically, digitally, where the vegetable and your salad came from, what farm, okay? And they they connect you to real food also because they give you tremendous access. And we'll talk more about the four A's in a second, but they give you access to their food. You don't necessarily have to go to Sweet Green to get their food. Not only will they deliver it, but they have outposts, so-called outposts that they put, for instance, in corporate facilities. So they've done a lot of things to really, really basically have an ownable agenda. Yeah. Third is winnable. To me, Nike. Nike has won with their agenda, which everybody knows. Three words, just do it. A lot of people don't know that Nike actually was losing market share significantly to Reebok in 1987. 1987, Reebok had 45% North American market share of the sports apparel and shoe market. Nike only had 18%. They were losing badly. The team got together and said, we got to change the game. We can't keep doing this branding game. Reebok's the hot brand. We can't play the brand game. We're going to change the game. They changed the game with three words, just do it. The idea was you don't have to be an athlete to get out there and just do it, whatever it is. Walk on the sidewalk, run a marathon if you're an 80-year-old, play a racket sport if you're a young woman, whatever it is, just do it, Nike, meaning Anybody can get up, get in our clothes, and just do some sort of exercise. When they did that, they dramatically changed their sales trajectory and market share. They raced past Reebok, and they are and have been for years the dominant player in the sports apparel market. So that is truly a winnable agenda. You can go on Google, and there's over 366 million (laughs) hits on Google for just do it in Nike. Lastly is and it's MOA, is alignable. The idea is you want everybody to be able to align to the agenda. Perhaps the best example of that is Amazon. Everybody at Amazon knows their two-word agenda, customer obsession. Customer obsession, customer obsession. Jeff Bezos has never, ever said, we win because of our branding. You don't even see the name Amazon on the side of the trucks that are delivering your packages from Amazon. Why? Because they don't win with branding. It's not a branding game that Amazon's playing. They never have. Jeff Bezos from the outset has played a single game called customer obsession. They are the most customer obsessed retailer in the world, which is why they're the number one retailer in terms of value in the world. Okay. So the nice thing is everybody from Jeff Bezos down to the person delivering your packages knows it's all about the customer. It's all about the customer. It's customer obsession. We're not talking about customer centricity, you know, customer focus. No. Amazon, everything they do is about the customer. At their board meetings, they have an empty seat they leave that represents the customer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Their number one leadership on their website, customer obsession. Everything they do, including 80% of their metrics, 80% of the way they're measured is customer metrics. It's not focused just on sales. 
Okay, so those are the four different ways or criteria for basically communicating the agenda, the second step mm -hmm. of the transgender system. Right. And I just wanted to sh show to our listeners uh, there was a nice graphic that illustrates your system. I just had it open right here. Just wanted to show our listeners here, for example, where we have this triangle that illustrates those three steps and those, you know, steps inside each step, right? So exactly. all the features, like you just mentioned criteria, right? Like uh, MOA, memorable, honorable, winnable, and alignable. So again, just to sum up for our listeners, it needs to be your agenda. When you communicate the agenda, when you come up with um, those phrases and those key words that you are going to communicate, it needs to be five words or less, preferably, just because... It, this way, it needs to be easy to remember and repeat so people can repeat it to others, right? So it can be catchy. And then you use it consistently, right? So, and then you can use visuals to support that, right? Like logos and graphics and symbols. And the second criteria was ownable. You need to believe in it and act on it, right? And I think it's great you mentioned in your book that a lot of companies, they just put some uh, mission statement up on their website. And they call it a day, but it's actually about being on a mission. Like you just say, mentioned uh, Sweet Greens, for example, right? So their mission statement is connecting people to real food. And they actually do this in every aspect of, you know, of their business, right? So the next criteria would be winnable. So uh, here you talk about that, for example, you, you gave us example in, in the book that you don't ask the market what they need. You tell them the market what to think and what to do. Yes. And leaders and politicians do that all the time, right? So mm -hmm. a great example here is just do it, which is so powerful, memorable phrase. And as you just were describing, you don't have to be an athlete. You can just do it, right? And the last criteria would be alignable. So everything must align with the agenda. And a great example, as you mentioned, would be Amazon's, you know, customer obsession. So they do everything. It's all about customer obsession, all the metrics, all the communication strategies, activities, everything they do is they're focused on the customer, right? Okay. So this is the second step. And the third step in your process uh, would be to champion the agenda. Right. So um, now marketers are familiar with the four P's technique, which stands for, for people who don't know, it stands for product, price, place and promotion is a popular marketing framework. Uh, but you introduced us to four A's technique. So I wanted you to talk a bit about that, which stands for access, advantages, advangelicals, if I pronounce it right, and awareness. So yeah. can you explain on that third step and um, so how to champion that agenda, what those four A's actually stand for? Yes. So as you said, in the traditionalist branding system, we had the four P's that you mentioned. I basically over the past uh, several decades developed the four A system. So this is how you champion the agenda. You've already created it. You've communicated. Now, how do you execute it? How do you champion it? What you do with the four A's. And the first A is access. The second A is advantages. Third is evangelicals. It's a portmanteau that I created. Uh, yeah. Two words I put together and awareness. So let's talk about access. Um, when I think about access, the, the company that comes to mind first is Google. Google's mission is basically access to the world's information. Five words. That's what Google's all about. Mm -hmm. Google did not even start to be start out as a company. I mean, every most people know Sergey Brin and Larry Page, the two co-founders, are really just trying to find a better way to manage the information and access the information on the web. So they created, obviously, their Google system, 
uh, technology, and their mission was access to the world's information. No company in history, arguably, has ever given us as much access to information as Google. And, and what transcenders do, they either give you a, a lot of access, such as Google, or they might give you limited access, such as Zara Fashions. Zara is a store that basically has offers over 10,000 different items, new fashions in their stores every year, which is dramatically about at least four to five times more than anybody else in the industry. But they only offer those for a limited amount of time. So they have lots of access to different types of fashions, but very short periods of time, two or three weeks, it's out of the store. So you better buy now. So those are both the limited and unlimited access. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's the access piece. Advantages, to me, Tesla. Tesla offers so many advantages in their cars, in their mission, by the way, and they are on a mission. It's not enough just to have a mission statement. Every company has a mission statement. Tesla and these other transcenders are on a mission. So what is their mission? Their mission's all about transition to sustainable energy. Okay, yes. That is what Elon Musk has, has preached for years. And they have so many advantages in their cars that I literally call them the S advantages, okay, to help me remember, because there's so many. So for instance, first of all, these products are saving. They're saving gasoline. They're saving the world, et cetera. We know that. So there's also cost savings. Their electric vehicles actually are, are less expensive, particularly their lower end models are less expensive than the average electric vehicle in the United States. They have all sorts of other types of S features, their safety, their 2018 Model S was considered the safest car, mass market yep. car ever developed. You have their charging stations, the stations that are That's accessed, true. the sales model, again, another S, the sales model. You don't necessarily even have to ever see a Tesla. You can literally buy a Tesla in less yeah. than five minutes on the web, Very different. Right. on and on and on, right? So all these advantages that these that Tesla offers that I call the S advantages in the case of Tesla. So that's the advantages piece. The next is evangelicals. And uh, I love this concept, um, quite frankly, because you see this with so many companies. Peloton. If anybody, you talk to anybody who has a Peloton, they will basically go on and on and on about how great the experience is, right? And, mm-hmm. and they're not working for the company, but they are what I call passionate proselytizers. They go way beyond the product advocates that we have typically in the traditional branding world. Yeah, product advocates, they'll say, yeah, I, I like this product. I, you know, I think it'd be a good product. They might write a nice review. Not evangelicals. Evangelicals are going to tell you on and on and on about how they, much they love their particular product. You know, certainly Peloton with the Peloverse, as they call it. But then you have other companies. And, and think of something like Let Me Shine. Let Me Shine is a small 28-person company based out of Austin, Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, let me shine offers non-toxic citric acid-based detergents and other cleaning products. So basically, better for you household products. Okay. And they basically talk, their agenda is clean, free, clean. Clean, free, clean. The idea is they found out that about 10% of people that clean dishes are fastidious. Some people might say they're obsessive compulsive washers. Okay. But they all buy into this concept of clean, free, clean. So they focused on that group and got that group to basically tell other people about how great their dishwashing detergent was. I mean, it's one thing to save the world like Tesla with sustainable energy, mm-hmm. but to get people excited about a dishwashing detergent, well, that's exactly what Let Me Shine did. 
They have a clean, free, clean club, okay, that people belong to. And they basically make sure that these particular members of their club get their samples first, get the information first, get all these different discounts so that they then go and tell other people who probably are not quite as interested, quite frankly, in how their dishes are clean about how great Let Me Shine's products are. So they have all this consumer generated content on the web that are very high ratings for their basically their dishwashing detergent. So that's, you know, that's going way, way beyond with an evangelical. And then last is awareness. Awareness can be two types. It can be, and I refer to it sort of as either big buzz or B buzz. B buzz is sort of that constant, you know, that you hear. So for instance, Donald Trump had B buzz. The idea was he was constantly on Twitter and other media, social media platforms. You were always hearing him. He basically had at one point 50 times the mention of Hillary Clinton. He owned the airwaves. Well, there are companies that do that, such as Halo Top. Halo Top ice cream basically used uh, this idea of awareness. And their, by the way, their agenda for Halo Top is guilt-free ice cream. Guilt-free mm-hmm. ice cream. Great concept, right? Yeah. You can eat the whole pint. You don't need yeah. to feel guilty, right? Right. And so they sent both real and virtual samples to many, many different fitness fanatics, uh, health gurus, health advocates, etc. And so they built up this base of evangelicals who created awareness by talking about Halo Top ice cream. In fact, they even had one GQ reporter who only ate Halo Top ice cream for a month and then lost 10, you know, 10 pounds and he talked about it. And so that was great. That's what I call B awareness, B buzz awareness. Then there's big buzz. And to me, an example of big buzz is certainly in politics, we know the national conventions, Republican or Democratic national conventions are big buzz. But Carrie Hammer is a young entrepreneur, a woman who basically started Carrie Hammer fashion. And in order to create big buzz, she changed the game in fashion runways. She had started her company in 2012, but her company took off in 2014 when she basically featured the first wheelchair bound woman on the runway at the New York Fashion Council runway. Never before had there been a woman in a wheelchair, Danielle Peshuk. She was a very noted psychotherapist and psychologist who basically, you know, she was not the typical runway model. Now, Carrie Hammer had realized that when she put her clothes, which are really professional clothes, on these very thin young models, something wasn't right. And she had the aha moment. She said, I need role models, not runway models. Five words, role models, not runway models. That was her agenda. After that, she put the first woman who basically had four amputated limbs, a quadri amputee on the runway, Karen Crespin and others. And so she really broke through with a tremendous amount of buzz. She actually got a billion impressions, a billion impressions. Fox News called it a runway revolution. And so that's an example of big buzz. So those are the four different steps of championing the agenda. Again, basically access, advantages, evangelicals, and awareness. And awareness. And I love the examples that we gave us. So some of the really big brands that we can all relate to. But as you explained with those smaller brands, it 
mm-hmm. you know, this system can be applied to any kind of brand, right? Despite right. the category, whether it is B2C or B2B, or it's a big company or it's a small business, as you mentioned, right? Actually, Eric, that's a really important point. Any type of product, product, service, technology, any type of market, I've done this everywhere from Russia to South Africa, Australia, China, you name it, okay? Any type or size of company, okay? Doesn't matter if you're a top Amazon, Apple type company or a small startup, like um, I have in the book, several startups, and it's any industry. So this works across all these different platforms, products, Mm -hmm. and places. Yeah, great observation. And, and and I haven't seen anything like that before. So I really recommend you guys to check out the book. There is a lot of examples. You really analyze and give us a lot of examples so we can all understand the concept behind it, right? Uh, this book is just filled with great examples. We just scratched the surface, basically giving you guys some, some of these examples so you can understand this on a high level or what it actually means. What does Transcender System stand for? But if you want to learn more, check out the book. I'm going to include the link in the description so as we are approaching the end of our interview i just wanted to ask you uh you know what's the best way to get in touch with you uh, or learn from you perhaps your website or social media handles yes so i would refer people to the website brandsdontwin.com mm-hmm. uh, where you can download a a chapter you can basically take the quiz the transcender versus traditionalist quiz and i guess probably the the one remaining point I would make is if you want to compete, you just want to compete, then brand. But if you want to win, then transcend. Use the transcender system. That's a great way to wrap this up. So I'm going to include the link in the description and visit Stan's website brandsdontwin.com and of course check out the book if you want to learn more. Thank you Stan. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate that. Bye.